gentlemen you know the name you know the voice you know exactly why i'm here just in case if you don't i'm a 26 year old piece of gold the messiah of the microphone and the greatest sports recreational podcaster in the world today uh, i am joined by a former bullet cast champion brandon tanguma we're dropping the atticus you're back to your old name because you're the only one that shows up oh thank you philip i appreciate it it's wednesday so sometimes but now regularly kind of it's the bullet cast yes to be here even though our champion's not here it's still a three-man booth today it is a three-man booth. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the president of SPW and the owner and leader of the Lodi Con and Stockton Con ships, Mr. Mike Miller, is back on the BC. Mike, how you doing tonight? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be the third man in this booth. Yes, yes, you're the third man, it's brother. Little, it's a little tight in here, though. <laughs> man, it's, it's going to get loosey-goosey with the conversations. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, Brandon and I, we talked about it, uh, when the news kind of broke late, uh, last Wednesday evening about, uh, the Vince McMahon scandal and, um, the, the, uh, alleged affair. I mean, had. I talked about it. You were well, like, Oh, I want to hear for more information well, you, to come out. Uh, well, 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 we've waited and now we know a lot. Now we know a lot. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's come out that a, a lot of stuff has happened. So Vince McMahon had, uh, an affair with a paralegal who she was making, I think, a $100,000 salary, and then her salary was increased to $200,000. Um, and then a $3 million settlement in hush money was um, agreed upon. And, you know, he had the woman sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, and apparently Johnny Laurinaitis knew about it, and apparently the $3 million was his own personal money. So that's where the investigation uh, steps forward. And Vince McMahon, which is something that we never thought would see, and unless he unfortunately uh, passed away, Vince McMahon is no longer the chairman and CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment. The queendom, it, it's it's in full effect. Stephanie McMahon is now the chairwoman and CEO of WWE. She's the head honcho. Vince still uh, has creative control. He's still in the charge of the creative direction of Raw and SmackDown. Um, yeah, this is this this is wild. This is definitely the biggest thing to hit WWE since obviously the steroid trial and even given the Benoit stuff, uh, which we're coming up on 15 years in a couple of days, which is crazy. Um, Mike, you know, what, what are, what are your thoughts about this whole thing? I mean, this is something that uh, it's a big, big story. I mean, I, I think that this could definitely have ramifications, especially with this, you know, the, the investigation that's happening. I mean, it's hard to really comment on it until they, you know, they could go a lot of different ways with it, but I mean, it just, I don't know. There's been a lot of, a lot of interesting things going on with WWE in the last like year and a half or so. Everybody was thinking that they were kind of preparing to sell and then, uh, and then Shane stepped away and then Stephanie stepped away. And then, you know, obviously with Vince kind of stepping down from that role, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And then, you know, I mean, of course with him on, on SmackDown and then on Raw, it was really, 
a strange thing because, you know, he basically just came out on Raw and said, okay, John Cena's coming back next week. That's it. Good night. You know, it's kind of quick and, and easy, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, th- like I said, there's, you know, there are things that he's done over the years. I mean, that have not been amazing. Right. I mean, so this is not like, this is not a shocking revelation. Right. I, I think it's shocking that he stepped down because we, like, yes, no, no, I agree with that. I mean, but the other, the, the surrounding, circumstances are not amazingly shocking. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I guess he and Linda have not been together for quite some time now. So, I mean, it's not like he cheated on his wife. You know what I mean? And then with the NDA, so apparently, like, anonymous emails from, like, someone this paralegal knew or how, you know, th- this started this investigation. So, I mean, if I'm Vince, I'm filing a lawsuit for failure to adhere to a legal document. If, if that, yeah, I mean, she, she, like, she, I'm, I'm like, she, she had to have told somebody, right? Like, you don't just be like, you had an affair with Vince McMahon, you just keep that quiet, you know? Yeah, an NDA, like, I mean, and then we, again, we don't know the, the exact terms, but obviously, right. the general term is you don't, you don't say, you don't say shit, right? Yeah, you don't talk to anybody about it, and and that's, you know, that that could be something that happens. I mean, you know, we're not we're not that far down the road on this, so like, I mean, you know, there could be a you know, a, a lawsuit that involves an ad or, I mean, I don't know if that would re- involve returning the money from this. I don't know. Yeah. And then uh, apparently five different law firms are investigating WWE now. Uh, Brandon, what are, what are your thoughts on all of this? I mean, it's a crazy situation. I mean, when we talked about it last week. It was more just the initial Wall Street Journal article and you kind of touched on it, but I think, well, not like the main portion of the investigation, but I think a lot of stuff that's gonna, you know, surround it is like the money aspect, not exactly the NDA and, you know, the the hush money because that was Vince's own money, but the fact that she got hired for a job that may or may not she sh- should have been in the first place, then she got promoted, doubled her pay to two hundred thousand, and that's you know that's WWE money. Vince is using his own personal relationships for gain and using the company money in places that probably aren't the best for the company, and that's you know. And he has to, uh, you know, bow down to stockholders and all that other good fun stuff. And there's possible other NDAs out there and other relationships that we don't know about that possibly had to do with hush money and, you know, money that could have been used in other places that the stockholders aren't going to like. I know this might be like a, a little tiny detail. This is like my journalism hat coming out. But Vince, in their in their statement, he didn't step down. He stepped back, which in my eyes is a completely different thing. Like when someone steps down, that's like, you're gone. You're not going to come back. They're saying he's stepping back, which means there's a possibility of him coming back. And I think that's what they're hoping for and what WWE is trying to do. And with Stephanie, I think like she was gone, whatever, a couple weeks ago and they were kind of trashing her and like business insider or something. And then she comes back. And I think this is more just like, they want a McMahon to be the face of the company and Stephanie's probably not happy about this because her, her mom, I mean, I don't know what their personal relationship is, but I'm pretty sure she's not happy with Vince right now. And she has sympathy towards her mom. And there's a lot of just family drama, like going back to uh, Shane back at the Royal Rumble. So it's like people will compare this to succession on the HBO show, which kind of has a similar family dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I would just love five, 10 years from now for us to really like, know everything that happened between this family like right now in the past couple of years because it's just 
super intriguing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of weird stuff has happened since Nick Khan has come, come into the WWE fold. Uh, people are also comparing this to the Sopranos plot, how Tony Soprano uh, took over the business uh, interimly for his father and then eventually became just the sole uh, person in charge of the uh, of, of the family business. Um, yeah, man, this is this has been a very interesting topic. Uh, Johnny Ace is reportedly already gone from the company. Bruce Pritchard has stepped in as the interim head of talent relations until they can uh, find a permanent replacement or hell Pritchard might be the permanent replacement. We don't know anything about that yet. And uh, it looks like a lot of things have already been changing. Uh, it news broke earlier today. Triple H is back in NXT that we don't know exactly what that means. He was at the performance center today and he had a conversation with the talent and the crew and he just said he's back. So does that mean he's back to run the show like he once was? We don't know. We're going to have to wait to see about that. But what are your, what are your thoughts, uh, Mike, about Pritchard being the head of talent relations and, and Hunter being back with uh, NXT? You know, Pritchard's an interesting person. I mean, I don't know if you've ever listened to his podcast, but like he's been very, I, I haven't listened to it all in, in quite a long time. In fact, since really shortly after he returned to WWE, but like, you know, he's been there, been fired, been there, been fired, and been other places been fired. And like, I mean, it's just kind of the, the nature of the wrestling business, I guess. But like, you know, he's definitely has a, he has a good eye for talent, I think. Um, and I mean, you know, the, the head of talent relations has always traditionally been somebody who always answers to Vince. I mean, that's the bottom line and everything that we're talking about is that at the, the end of the day, it's always Vince's decision, right? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, what does Stephanie actually do? Because from my understanding, like Vince, like maybe loses some power, but like he still has like stocks and all these other different things. Like I know we're not, not like we're not like a business podcast, but I'm like, what is Stephanie actually doing besides just being like the face of the company? So yeah, well, she's you're right. Oh, no. I was, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I, I mean, I think doesn't Vince still hold like 80 percent of voting rights? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he has a lot of share shares. So oh, if it came to like an actual like legit vote out, he he has the majority shares. Now, it, the only way he would, I guess, be voted out is if everyone on the board voted against him, really, right. or like a, a nice amount, because I, I guess the way that would work. I, I've been looking into this. Let's say Vince still he has like a lot of voting shares. But let's say it becomes if it comes down to uh, permanently voting Vince out and it becomes a tie, then like like people that like let's say a certain amount of people are for it, a certain amount of people are against it and it's a tie. Then Vince would go back to being the the, the sole CEO and chairman. And then obviously, if there's one more vote to get him out, then boom, he he'd be out of the company on that aspect. Not sure about the creative side, though. And, and that's kind of what I'm talking about with like the whole stepping back, stepping down thing. Like if he were to like step down, that's him just giving up like complete control. But him stepping back is just kind of him, you know, still being there sort of. I mean, he's obviously still part of creative. And those two appearances, I just thought were so weird. Like well, we, it was a ratings plug, bro. He, no, he, I know, he, but he can't talk about it. So what did, what did people really expect? You don't come out at all. I thought it was just so weird. He didn't say anything, but by saying the then now forever together thing, it was like some sort of like rallying cry of him trying to get the people. Because This is kind of what he did, like with the steroid trial, trying to get, you know, the WWF fans together to rally behind him. And I think it's also like 
the mainstream media is just going to look at this like, oh, that's just that stupid wrestling thing. They're, you know, in their own little world. I mean, even like on CNN, uh, Jake Tapper kind of had like a little aside, like, oh, of course he's going to be on television because I think people for better or for worse look down on wrestling. And I don't know how the mainstream media is going to really like look at this going forward because like if it's just like a, a business thing compared to like the NDA and the, you know, a fair thing, I think they're just going to not care too much about it. And I think Vince is going to try to hope that they don't care too much about it. Absolutely. I'm going to read this fan mail from Robert Walker. He says, I never thought I would see Vince not in charge of WWE unless he was no longer with us. Why wasn't Shane picked uh, to take over briefly? And how do you think he feels? That's a good, that's a good question. I mean, uh, Shane, you know, he stepped away for years and, and, you know, Stephanie really, her role in the company really became more prominent and all the stuff on TV. So we just, we just really assumed that her and Triple H would, take over once the Vince was gone. And uh, I, I guess, you, you know, Shane has to feel some type of way about it. The quote-unquote prodigal son not uh, taking over the throne of his father and his sister doing it. I mean, yeah. even when they were kids, Stephanie would always say, like, you know, because people just anoint Shane as the heir apparent, but Stephanie was like, uh, no. And we've always seen Stephanie's more like Vince. Shane is more like Linda. And as I said earlier, like the family dynamic of the affair and I mean, remember like we were were going over the Pat McAfee thing and Vince was like a throwaway comment and was like his former wife or he like the way he described Linda. It was like really weird. And we kind of brushed aside. But now, I mean, when did this take place? Like what, February, January makes a whole lot more sense now. It it all makes sense now. Twenty something years later, the Alliance won. Do you think Vince uh, came back for that match just because he thought that'd be the last he possibly might know that was the last time he could do it? No, I I, I don't I don't think this had anything to do with him doing that mania thing. It was just like a, a last minute thing to kind of rally the uh the uh the in-house crowd and probably get like some last minute eyes on, on uh WrestleMania. I, I think that's it, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's we've talked about all of that. Let's go over to SmackDown. Uh Roman Reigns retained the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship against Matt Riddle. A good match. You know, Roman, he hasn't wrestled since what? Since WrestleMania. So that was nice to see the champ back. Uh, They had a good back and forth, but uh, Roman retains. Now, before we talk about the Brock of it all, what were were you guys' thoughts on the the match ski? Mr. Miller. I think Riddle has really kind of risen to that top level, but just kind of under it, if that makes sense. Like, you know, they did a, they've done a great job of making him, and obviously Randy Orton had a ton to do with that. Um, it, it's like kind of bringing him to that, you know, that top level. I, you know, it's interesting when you talk about tag teams and what that does for somebody. Uh, it's a whole other, it's a whole other ball game when you have Randy Orton involved as your partner, because he's on such another level uh, at the top of the game in WWE. So when he's working with Riddle, I think that that you know, that elevates him to a, to a, a, a not transcendent level, but very close. And so when he's in this match with Roman Reigns, I think, I think all three of us can agree that no, nobody thought Riddle was going to beat Roman Reigns. Right. I mean, I think that that's pretty much was a given, like, especially not going to beat him on a SmackDown, you know, like, but I think it was a really good match. I thought there was a, there was a nice uh, false, kind of version of that RKO that really was like, wow, that was, 
that got, got pretty close, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like 2.99. Roman has yeah. mastered the last minute, uh, yes. last second at the kickout for sure. Um, Brandon, I mean, you, you've been a you've been a riddle guy for years. Uh, I've I've finally come around. What what are your thoughts? I thought this match was fantastic. I mean, Riddle, um, as you said, I've been a big fan of Riddle ever since he got signed to WWE. And the way he was used early on, I was like, oh, he's just going to be the stoner guy. He's going to be just a you know a comedy act. And I mean, when he joined with Randy Orton, like I know I was kind of skeptical because they were really leaning heavy into that. But like Randy and Riddle just kind of clicked and they both elevated each other. And he is, you know, rebuilt himself. I kind of agree with Mike. Like he's like, you know, a t- top level guy in the sense of like what a top level guy in WWE really can be these days. And they're, you know, leaning on him to carry a lot of segments. Um, but then on Monday, he has that match with Omos. And I know you, you can explain the way that he had a match with Roman and he's tired and he's injured a little bit. But then, I mean, he, he just loses to Omos. It was just. a squash, essentially. And they did that earlier. Like, I think either I'm pretty sure it was when he was still with Randy or even before that, like he just got squashed by Omos again. So we do see like the pecking order of things of there's as much as we kind of see through Omos and he hasn't really shown too, too much. I mean, even losing like Bobby Lashley and I guess he kind of lost that feud. I guess he they're still protecting them and beating quote unquote top guys so he can move on to money in the bank. Yeah, I mean, well, Riddle, he's not in the main event yet. He's. He, he they threw him in the main event to kind of see what would happen. You know, they didn't pull the trigger. Uh, I mean, not to say that they're not going to pull the trigger at some point in time in the future. And then the Omos of it all. I mean, it's Omos. He's a Nigerian giant. Of course, he loses to him, you know. But, but with so many injuries going on and like like Randy, Cody and yeah, you know, other people, I think you wanted to protect those people a little bit. You know, I mean, you can't really go back to the Roman thing because they have that stipulation in hand. But even just like having him. I mean, look, bro, AJ, AJ Styles lost to Omos. He lost to Edge like three times. But but look, but look at him now on Raw. You know, it's like it never happens. He'll be I. Riddle will be I. Wins and losses mean less now than they've ever meant in the history of wrestling. Unless you're AEW, where they say they matter, but they don't really matter. Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 a whole it's a whole thing. But yeah. So uh, getting into it, um, Roman said there's no one left. He said he told us two years ago he was going to smash everyone to leave. So he, he was about to leave, and then it's Minneapolis. You should have expected it. Brock's music hit. The Beast Incarnate is back. Apparently, he's bigger than ever. Um, I would I was like, oh, okay. Uh. So I guess SummerSlam, we're getting Brock versus Roman, undisputed title, last man standing. This is going to be their seventh one-on-one uh, match. I mean. Doesn't include multi-man matches. Which, what does that take it up to, like 10? It takes it up to, what, nine? Look, bro, R- Rock and Austin had a lot of one-on-ones. Obviously, we only talked about the three mania ones, you know? But look, I'm, uh, Brock's the new emergency break glass. You know, Taker's retired. Uh, Randy, obviously, I think it was going to be Randy and Roman. Randy's hurt. Cody's hurt. Um, Lastly, is tied up with Austin Theory. So this this is what we got to do. Unless you want to see Goldberg again, this was the best we could do. What you what you say, Mike? Who's next? Yeah, I mean, I think Bray Wyatt's probably coming back. I think Cesaro's probably coming back. I mean, but I mean, is he going to be at that level? Well, maybe Cesaro's at another show. Maybe uh, on Sunday. So p- people have been about Bray Wyatt and Cesaro. Apparently they took down Bray Wyatt's theme songs from the WWE YouTube channel, but they left Cesaro's. So people are like, oh, 
Bray's not coming back, but Cesaro's definitely coming back. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's weird. But uh, yeah. So Brock and Roman one more time. Honestly, this might be how they get the championship off of them. This I I could see it, or money or a money in the bank cash in or so, something like that. Then it would become a triple threat last man standing. Bring, what? Bring back the things. Some so, something's happening. But I think Seth wins money in the bank, and I think I think he cashes in. Play kind of kind mm. of a kind of a flashback to uh, WrestleMania 31 that happened out here. Yeah. Drew challenged Roman at the castle, and they just completely dropped that and don't talk about that anymore. The castle's <laughs> not until September. We can't just jump ahead. I mean, Roman could have done some like offhanded remark or Drew. It's not even. It's not even worth Roman's time. He's on the island of relevancy. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it is starting to become an issue. I mean, WWE, as I said, doesn't have too many top tier guys right now, and Roman is just beating everybody. And he's not wrestling all that often. Um, I know titles don't mean really much in WWE, but I don't know what else Roman really can do besides Brock. And I know I've been like a Brock defender, but this one, I mean, I understand where they're coming from because of the Randy injury, but I just don't know where they really do. Like Roman beat Brock clean, middle of the ring. No shenanigans really whatsoever. Like maybe Brock can go back or I don't know what they're going to, what the storyline reasoning for this match is going to be. Besides you, big man, I'm big man. I want title. I beat you for title. Maybe Brock's used to winning. He's not going to stop until he wins. This man was an NCAA heavyweight champion. This man was a UFC heavyweight champion. An IWGP champion. He collects championships and he wins. He doesn't like to lose. It's that simple. It's that simple. Let's uh, let's move on to outside of the ring. He's getting to this real quick. Apparently, Zach Efron is going to be playing one of the Von Erichs in a new Von Erich biopic. Uh, now, it hasn't been stated which one. A lot of people think he should be playing Carrie. Uh, I, this is the first I've heard of it. What are your thoughts on the dude from High School Musical playing uh, a member of one of the most famous families in wrestling? Mike. I mean, he was great in Baywatch with The Rock. So, I mean, he has a wrestling lineage. Yeah. And they I mean. He can, I, and by the way, I mean Baywatch is a very <laughs> terrible movie. Yeah, I, I I still have not seen it. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I think the last Zac Efron movie I saw was what you know the neighbors thing he did with Seth Rogen. Apparently, he played Ted Bundy, and I guess he was he was okay in that. That's what I've heard. Um, Brandon, any thoughts about Efron playing a Von Eric? Oh, I mean, it's it's you know, it's every time you have like a big name kind of tied to the movie, that means there's some steam behind it. It's going to be a big deal with promotions and all of their stuff. I mean, I haven't seen too much of like Efron's work. Um, I mean, I see it like in Neighbors that uh, what you call it, the comedy. Yeah. But uh, besides that, I mean, I mean, I I think he's a good actor. He's seems fine. Um, I don't know what his role exactly is going to be. A Von Eric movie. It's not exactly a happy movie, so I would assume it's going to be very doom and gloom and serious so i think he could play dramatic he was in a drama with uh miles teller and michael b jordan that i thought was nice i don't, I don't know what the name of that movie is but go look it up it's it, it's it's nice it's very nice unfortunately we have some sad news to report uh referees dave hebner and tim white have passed away uh, over the course of the week uh dave hebner obviously his most famous angle was uh when when andre beat hogan for the wwf championship at the time and then uh, Andre sold it to the million dollar man 
And uh, I interviewed Ted DiBiase, and we talked a little bit about this. Shout out Mike Miller. Uh, we, we talked about that whole angle and DiBiase defending the championship legit for a couple times. But so the idea was that DiBiase had paid uh, Dave's or, or paid Earl Hebner to, to get plastic surgery to look like Dave, to be the crooked ref in order for him to get the championship. And it was this, this whole big angle. And then uh, Dave Hebner went from being a referee to kind of being uh, a part of pull aparts and uh, being like a, a, an official backstage and things like that. And then obviously Tim white, he was a, uh, probably one of the most recognizable referees in the attitude era. And he was in, uh, he might've been, I think he refed the first hell in the cell match if, if I'm correct. And obvious. And uh, one of his more notable roles was he was uh, Andre's right hand man. He was Andre's chauffeur, his buddy. And because they, uh, they went into great detail about that. And Andre doc that HBO did a few years ago. So um, guys thoughts on the, the depths of Tim white and uh, Dave Hebner. Go ahead, Brandon. No, I mean, they're, it's it's sad that they you know they happen so close together and uh, the Tim White one I hit, hit me a little bit more just because he's more of a recent ref and I did see more of his stuff and as you said like the Andre Doc and uh, you know the way he, he talked about Andre and just everything it was a really nice to see like the emotion from him and um, you know T's and P's and it did kind of remind me like nowadays WWE like. I know that's kind of what they want. They don't want more stars for if they leave or whatever, but they don't really give the rest the referees any character, like even like give them a name, really. Like I know that like they have like their own little following people like who know who they are, but like they're just not a bigger deal like they used to be back in the day. And I know that's just them trying to, you know, take power away from them. It's more the brand than the people inside the ring. But you know, it, it does kind of suck that we don't get those same type of referee lineage that we did, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I think I, you know, I agree with with Brandon. I I, I think that uh, Dave Hebner probably resonated with me a little more just because he's he's been he's kind of one of those iconic referees. Like from, I mean, going back to the '80s. I mean, he's been a part of a lot of different angles, and um, you know, even in uh, even in TNA, like he did some some stuff there that was was kind of fun, and you know, Tim White occasionally. Um, was a part of a storyline too, but, you know, obviously these guys, they put their lives into these, into this business. And, you know, it's always sad when, when you, when you lose somebody like that, but um, you know um, it's, you know, hopefully they are remembered and I think they will be. I mean, obviously like Brandon said, the, the, the documentary uh, on Andre the giant is a great watch. If you've never, if anybody hasn't seen that, but also, you know, just to hear some of those stories that, that Tim would tell and, you know, and on the other side, like, you know, Dave Hebner had a, had an uh, amazingly long career as well. Absolutely. A slammerversary that did give Dave Hebner a nice little tribute Earl and uh, Earl's son, Brian Hebner. That was nice. Uh, lastly, on outside of the ring pages, first WWE appearance, our po- first post WWE appearance has been revealed. She'll be at Starcast. I think this is what five or six for uh, it's the weekend of Ric Flair's last match in SummerSlam in Nashville. Uh, Mike, is there is there any chance we could get Paige at a at a Stockton con or a Lodi con or? There's always a chance. Wait and see. Just gotta wait. Just gotta wait and see. I see. I see. I see. Uh, inside the ring, real quick. Uh, Slam anniversary happened. It was Impact's 20th anniversary. A lot of great stuff. They um, Aces and Eights was out there. TNA Originals, Dixie Carter. 
Um, just, uh, just a whole lot of, whole lot of stuff. Uh, shout out to Speedball Mike Bailey. He's been wrestling at West Coast Pro a lot lately. He's the new X Division champion. Yeah, he's uh, one of the great. By the way, just to cut you off for just a second, I mean, he is one of the greatest in ring talents. I mean, man, in, in in the world right now. That dude is my new favorite wrestler, man. That dude is excellent. <laughs> I, whenever I know he's on the card, I'm like, all right, this this is about to be tight. Uh, his match with the oh my god, what's his name again? Uh, Brandon, homie, that's been on AEW recently. Oh. Uh, the Japanese, the Japanese talent. What's his name? I, I forget his name. From DDT. Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I have so many New Japan yeah, uh, wrestlers in my in my mind right now. I I can't get it out. I I can't I can't think of it. Anyway, you, you you'll know who I'm talking about if you look him up. That match was fantastic. They just put it on their uh, YouTube. It was great. Takeshna. Takeshna, yes, Takeshna. So congratulations, Impact. Uh, Twenty years. Sting made an appearance. WWE let AJ Styles make an appearance. That was cool. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, the first time I ever saw TNA, AJ Styles did a Fosbury flop, and I fell in. I fell in love with AJ Styles and TNA. It was fantastic. Awesome. Yes. All right. Moving on from that, let's get into the fan mail real quick. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, Hootie Who four twenty. Hootie Who. There we go. MJF drama, Roman on hiatus, sport now till 2023. Cody out most likely till the Rumble. Page leaving WWE. Sasha might be released. Vince not sitting in the throne. The last month of 2022 has been bloody insane. It has. It has. It has been. We still don't know if Sasha's actually released or not. That's been very hush-hush. Uh, Jack of all trades. With all the Cena appreciation going on, what is your favorite rivalry and match of his? Mine would be the 40-plus-minute 40 40 match he had with HBK on Raw. I'm sure Philip approves. I do, man. That was excellent. And then his rivalry, uh, our favorite rivalry of his, I'm going to go with the edge one hands down. Uh, let me see. Favorite Cena match? SummerSlam 2016 with AJ Styles. That was bloody excellent. It was fantastic. Uh, I've, and then a favorite rivalry, I'm, I'm going to have to go to the Punk one, possibly. Yeah. And then a close second for Cena matches is that match he had with Punk on Raw in like February of 2013, where – Punk hit Cena with a power driver, and apparently Vince had a heart attack backstage because of it. Uh, Brandon, you have, we, we grew up in the Cena era, so you favorite Cena match and rivalry? Anything that comes to mind real quick? Uh, favorite Cena match, SummerSlam 2013, Dana Bryan. Bryan wins the D- WWE Championship. Nothing else happened after that match. No, I, I Nothing think, else I, happened. Bryan wins. Confetti comes after. down from the rafters. They fade to black. Great ending to the show. He, he he doesn't he doesn't like to talk about the casting that happened. After. I don't know what you're talking about, but my favorite uh, Cena rivalry. Um, I know it. Well, it's not like a Shawn Michaels or an Edge because it didn't happen a bunch of times. But I would go with The Rock. Uh, me coming back into wrestling 2011, 2012. You know, Rock doing his thing. Cena holding his own because there was no guarantee that Cena was going to be able to hold his own on the mic with The Rock. And I think Cena held his own and possibly even beat Rock on the mic a few times. And I think that match is. A little bit underrated. I know The Rock was exactly in the best shape, but I thought just the star power and everything was a fantastic match and a storyline. Yes, sir. Mike, you have anything when it comes to big match, John? I mean, I was I, originally I was never a, a huge fan of it, of John Cena, but I kind of grew to understand everything about him, and then the whole thing with uh, him make the most make a wish you know, um, appearances and stuff. I mean, that just, that stuff is just amazing. Um, you know, he's got a, an amazing documentary coming. Absolutely. All those make a wishes. I, I said this last week, John Cena is probably the greatest baby face of all time, man. Oh, he is. Yeah, just just with that alone. Incredible. 
Uh, lastly, Dan said, uh, sad to see uh, two great referees, Dave Hebner and Tim White, uh, gone too soon. Put them in the Hall of Fame. It's long overdue. We do need refs in the Hall of Fame, man. Yeah. Them. Mike Kyoto's a great one. Low Nate, Charles Robinson's a fantastic one. Let's let's get some refs in there, man. I don't, uh, TNA, they threw Day, uh, Earl Hebner in there. Why not? Why not? Let's do that. All right. And then let's get into some raw discussion. Uh, the Cody losses hasn't phased Seth. Seth was uh, Seth was uh, I know he's in the Money in the Bank match, and he had a little segment with Riddle and stomped him out. And uh, that probably just solidified people's thinking of Riddle getting buried because the loss to Roman, the stomp out by Seth, and then the loss to Omos. But uh, hey, man, that, that, that I think it's good that Seth is kind of getting into that that uh, that space of where you can take losses and still come out better and bigger than uh, before, which is fantastic in my eyes. Now I'm going to kind of go the opposite of you. I Now I'm not saying he needs to like do anything drastic, but you lose three big matches in a row. I would think that he would do more than just, you know, brush it off and just be like, Oh, who cares? It's I'm still going to do my well, thing. And his blah, problem blah, blah. is with Cody and he aggravated and possibly injured even more of the pectoral muscle so but whenever if cody were, comes back we're, we're you lighting were to, that up again you know if you're gonna lose all those matches that you put so much heart and effort into don't you think you would want to take some like you know retrospective and try to look at you maybe try to switch things up so you can be better well i mean the first time he got caught off guard didn't know his opponent was second time he got rolled up third time he just got beat like he he, he just got beat i'm like oh okay all right so he I lost mean, to a one-legged man in ass kicking contest Yes. Almost literally. He lost and he brought a gun to a, to a knife fight and still lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that, that doesn't fade him. He doesn't care about that. We, we don't know. He, he does. He does. He, he got his somewhat revenge on Cody. Whenever Cody comes back, they're going to run it back. Let's have a best of seven. Seth wins three in a row. Then, the, then they have that the rubber. Let's do it. I'm all for it. Mike, what are your thoughts on Seth's character since the losses to Cody Rhodes. Seth is one of those guys that's, I mean, as I mentioned, the wins and losses really don't matter, but like he's, he's, he has that charisma and that presence that he's all, you know, he is one of those guys that is a big, big star and he can just kind of be put into anything. Like, I mean, I don't know, is the, you know, it, is it, is it something with Riddle that's coming? Is it something else? I don't know. But, I mean, it's it's it, whatever he does is going to be watchable. Yeah. He, I like he, his suits. I mean, you know, you know I love suits. Can, can I mean, we, I can love we his see suit you game. rock one of them? I, I, yeah, man. At Stockton Con, you got you to gotta break something out for both days. <laughs> yeah, so I'm about to get a picture with that, man. Uh, Carmella replaces Rhea in the woman's money, um, woman's title match of Money in the Bank. Apparently, Rhea has a tooth and brain injury, so she'll be out of action for a little bit. Hey, man, it's the it's the match we never got at SummerSlam. Yeah, I saw on Botchamania today that they did like the suplex last week or two weeks ago, and she like bounced her leg up on the rope and like smacked herself in the face. Is that what happened? Is that like what it's stemming from? Because that did look a little nasty. I, it might be. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Styles gets a, a much needed win, and he defeated Tommaso Ciampa. He was on uh, Miz TV, and then attacked uh, <clears throat> just Ciampa. Yeah. Oh, Ciampa. Yes, he was on Miz TV. Attacked Miz. Took his glasses. Posed with him. Got a nice pop from the crowd. So 
Nice to see Styles get a get a big win. Yep, yep. Hate hate to see Champa just gets brought up, has like a feud sort of with Ali, and he's like Miz's right hand man, but then he doesn't talk or do anything, and he just loses. Great use of Champa on the main roster. Hey man, let, let it play out. Let's not see. not saying I'm shocked, but let's see let's see what happens. That he would at least you know get something in his first storyline or something. Let, let it play out. It's not over yet. Yeah, it definitely isn't over, but like I agree with Brandon. I mean, you got to do a little. You could you could have done something more with him for sure. Yeah. Other than taking away his first. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, And then let's talk about the thing that uh, Mike loves the most: Elias and Ezekiel. They were on Raw together. Um, It 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 was it was it was funny, man. You you can't lie. I'm sure everybody got at least a little chuckle out of this. Mike, talk about it. I mean, it's a living Spider-Man meme. I love it. It's just outstanding. Like, I mean, you know, Ezekiel comes comes in, Elias comes back. It's great. And I mean, if, you know, uh, the, and the stuff with Kevin Owens has been great too. Like the whole program, I think I mentioned to you guys off air. I mean, this is my favorite thing in wrestling right now. And maybe I'm in the minority. I don't, I, I don't think I am. I hope not. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's outstanding stuff right now. Absolutely. Brandon, any thoughts about it real quick? I mean, I, I love it. I mean, it's really stupid. I think Kevin Owens is the great, the, the best person to really play off of it because he has great comedic timing, the great heel. And uh, they just threw out like a random line that he has like a third brother. And so I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Kevin Owens is in a tag team match with someone going up against Ezekiel and Elias. Elias gets his flight delayed or something happens to where he can't. So then the third brother is going to come in. It's just a completely different person. Elliot. Looks nothing like look, looks nothing like Elias or Ezekiel. Yeah. I mean, different, different moms. And it's gonna send, Elrod. <laughs> yeah. Old Elrod's going to show up and it's going to send Kevin Owens for a loop because it's a completely different looking person. It would be hilarious. That would, that would I hope so. They're going to pull somebody from the performance center. <laughs> it's going to be great, man. All We're right. Bringing Damian Sandow because he did mentioned that he would not be in attendance at Raw. Oh, Braun yeah. Strowman. Just bring in Braun Strowman on one night deal. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That would be something. Uh, let's uh, Real quick, Finn and Ray uh, have been wrestling on main event. Judgment Day is on main event wrestling the Mysterios. People are saying, oh, you know, they're buried and all this other stuff. Look, man. Did the click get buried when they wrestled on Action Zone back in the day? <laughs> Was it a, was it a burial when when Macho Man was wrestling on superstars? Even when Raw was going on and and stuff like that? No, no. Got to let it's it. Play vo- it's that vocal minority speaking up. Yeah, like people that are like just they kind of have these opinions, and it's like it just kind of, oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's like it's kind of tractions up. But like, I mean, I honestly, I never even, I until you said that right now, I never even gave that a thought. I'm like, come on, man, like. We we know Edge is coming back and he's gonna get his revenge on uh on the judgment day and whatnot. And I mean you're telling me we're, we're gonna get Demon Finn versus Brood Edge? Come on, bro. Come on. Whew. Come on. And let's say the demon beats him. Come on. Would would it really be burying then just because he wrestled a, a match or two on main event? Stop it. Stop all that noise. I would just like to confirm that Finn did win this match, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I, I love Ray. He's an absolute legend. They should be using him better, but booyaka, booyaka. it just, it is what it is. And judgment day kind of took the night off with Rhea. So, and edge isn't there right now. So, I mean, it makes sense if he's not going to be there, have him wrestle on main event and, you know, put in a good eight minute match and, and yeah. beat a legend. 
former Stockton Con guest Ray Mysterio. Really? Where, when, when was he at Stockton Con? Oh, it was probably about four years ago. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. For sure. Uh, and then let's get into some AEW talk real quick. This has been irritating me. People don't care about the interim championship. Wardlow didn't care. He said, I want to I face CM Punk for it. Um, Hangman uh, hasn't really mentioned it or anything. So if you're in a sports league, your goal should be to be the top guy and to be the champion. To, whether it's interim or not, whatever, your goal is to be the champion. Like if I were a wrestler for SPW, I would want to be the SPW heavyweight champion. If you're a college player, you want to win the Heisman. If you're an NFL player, you want to win a Super Bowl. If you're an NBA player, you want to be like Draymond and holding a trophy and being ridiculous and having a championship ring. I don't understand. Look, Punk's out. Just just do the old WWE trope because they say wins and losses matter in AEW, but they really kind of don't unless you're Jade Cardgill and you're undefeated. Strip him. He, he, he relinquishes the title. You have a tournament. We have a new, not interim, but just a new champion. Punk, when he comes back, he gets his rematch. He wins or whatever, and then we move on. Like, I don't – it's, it's gotten so convoluted that, you know, Tanahashi's wrestling uh, Moxley. Who, Tanahashi's never had a match in AEW. He's wrestling for their championship. And, and then he's going to wrestle for the G1, and we all know he's going to be in Japan. So is he really going to win the AEW title? Technically, he doesn't wrestle – a G1 match on the Wednesday, except for like once. So it could happen, right? Yeah. So it's just, Mike, do you have any thoughts about this? Have you been keeping up with AEW? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, um, it's a, it's a way to keep traction, right? Like as far as the, you know, the, the interim title, it's like, I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a UFC type of thing. You know, when there's an injury, they do an interim title and then that person comes back and, you know, he defends that title for a few months and then they have a, you know, a unification match or whatever. I mean, that's obviously what they're doing here, but, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course it would be, uh, it's just a way to keep interest in it. And they've always tried to do that. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me and, you know, Moxley being involved, he's always going to be involved. So like getting, you know, getting Tanahashi involved, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. want to see me go on a mega rant about the title pitcher, go back to curveballs and share shots two weeks ago. I did it all by myself <laughs> and I just I just went on. I basically said all the same thing you said, Philip. Um, if Wardlow wants to be the champion and face CM Punk, well, if he's interim champion, he gets a direct line to CM Punk. And right, why is Hangman the former champion not even in the battle royal and he doesn't yeah. even raise a fit about it? And you're gonna, you know, get me worked up again, Philip. What the hell? Yeah, yeah people have been uh people have been really compliment or com- i thought that that aid that compliment. dynamite episode from two weeks ago was the worst episode of dynamite in their history i hated that show just uh, because of the world title and what it, what they did to it it, it uh, people have been like really criticizing tony khan's work as of late uh, and i'm the aw guy i'm the one that should be defending them all the time well, hey look i'm an aw guy too I, oh hold on now i know i had my my moment Back back when I was uh when I was you, you uh you when banged your head brother. and now you you you've came you've uh come <laughs> to your senses. Yeah, it's it's just a whole thing. Uh Christian turns on Jungle Boy. We talked about it briefly last week. Um people are saying it was kind of like underwhelming because you knew it was coming and then it happened. And you know, Edge and Christian That's a good storytelling is though. Edge and Christian are gonna be Edge and Christian wherever they go, they're gonna do concertos. 
people were saying the concerto didn't feel as impactful because Christian didn't, you know, really get into like the facial expressions that Edge does. Would you, would you guys agree with that or what he didn't decapitate Jungle Boy? No, like, like you know how Edge, like the facial expressions when he does a concerto, like you believe. Yeah, but really sometimes I feel like he goes way too over the top with that stuff. Like it's cartoonish. But it, but it makes you buy into it. The facial exp- <laughs> See, this is why Edge. You know, he he did some acting, and and it's all playing. It's all it's all it's all helping him in this latter run. You know, maybe Christian needs to go do more movies with John Moxley. I don't know. <laughs> did you? Get- I, mean, I haven't seen that, but I, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, you. This has kind of been coming, and I know he referenced the the he referenced the um, the elimination from Jungle Jungle Boy, right? Uh, in the Battle Royal. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a long it's a long term playout, which is fine. I mean, look, sure. Christian, he's great. Jungle Boy, I mean, we watched him on the Indies out here, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good match. Yeah, Christian cut a promo today, um, just kind of explaining everything. I thought it was really well done. I know. It's easy to compare Edge and Christian because who they are, but I think Christian's much more better suited as a heel. I like him better in that role compared to what Edge was doing with uh, Judgment Day. Uh, you know, he he brought up you know the dead dad stuff, which maybe was a little bit low hanging fruit and a little bit too much. But I think everything else, I, I very much enjoyed it. Shout out Luke Perry, but uh, yeah, it was a. Uh... We'll, we'll, we'll let it see. We'll see what's up. Young Bucks new tag team champion. Oh, that we uh, Luchasaurus was in the mix as well at the end. And Christian was going to tell him something about like Marco and something. So Luchasaurus is in this somehow. We don't know whose side is he on. Yeah. Should, should they have done a whodunit angle? With like, you, like they like, so, like Jungle Boy gets C- attacked. C- CM Punk gets run over by a car and that's how he gets written off TV. Like, he, like Jungle Boy gets attacked and like, we obviously think it's Christian, but we come to find out it's not Christian and it's somebody else. And then Christian hired them. Let's get really, let's get really dramatic with it. You know, let's, let's tell, let's, let's do a telenovela. Let's do a soap opera. Or is it like, uh, like Marco Stunt went to space like Pucci? Is that what you're <laughs> Something like that. Young Bucks. I know, I know it's canceled, but we do a little trapped in the closet action, just like oh. a 20, 30 part series. Well, twists I mean, and turns. We really can't, we really can't mention him. Uh, Young I Bucks. Mention, I didn't mention anybody. New, new tag team champions. How do you think the second run's going to go? I, th- that, I, you know, titles are on the Young Bucks. I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, Young Bucks. Every match they have are, are bangers. I think it's they're really well done. Uh, I know there's some people hating on the internet that they're putting the titles on them again in the EVPs, but I mean, I think they're well deserved. I think the end, the end goal is probably ultimately to get them on FTR as baby faces this time. A little bit of a disappointment that they're just kind of thrown into a eight man tag for Forbidden Door, but. Um, we're getting a lot of these tag team matches for Forbidden Door. I know we'll yeah, get into it a little bit, but uh, we're, we're about to talk about Forbidden Door. And I've seen on the internet, Danielson says he has a replacement for Forbidden Door, someone who's the best in the world, and they're showing a picture of him and Shane McMahon. I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's that's hilarious. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Forbidden Door. So, Max Caster and the Gun Club versus uh, the DKC Kevin Knight. Alex. Is is this for the uh, interim Bullet Cast World Heavyweight Championship? Um, no, it's not. Okay, just, just <laughs> wanted to ask since Alex, our champion apparently is uh, injured or MIA as well. Yeah, so it's going to be a massive multi man tag there. Sting, Darby Allen, and Sh- uh, Shingo Takagi going up against uh, and, oh, and uh, Takahashi versus the Young Bucks, El Fantasmo, and Hikaleu. Zack Sabre Jr. versus a mystery opponent handpicked by Brian Danielson. Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston, 
uh, Shota Umino, Umino, and uh, RH Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta. So this this is this is enough. this is one thing that irritated me last week. I'm gonna just throw it out there. You know, Sammy Guevara comes out there, Fuego del Sol costume. He reveals it's him. All right, cool. They go on a rampage, and uh, Jericho says that uh, Sammy's officially back with him. Well, yeah, no shit. He helped you win. We, we understand that. And then they just got convoluted with certain members of Jericho Appreciation Society and Suzuki Gun teaming with each other for, for Forbidden Door. Like, it just really didn't make any sense. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, moving on from that, Will Ospreay. Does he have the physical championship yet? No, right? No, because Juice has it, and he's still here, and I don't know. It's a whole thing, I guess. Let's get another one made. Like Just, just have replicas like WWE does, ready to go. Have the TV one and have the house show one. Come on, guys. So, uh, Will Ospreay is defending the uh, IWGP US title against Orange Cassidy. Uh, Thunder Rosa uh, is going to be defending the, the AW Women's World Championship against Tony Storm. Uh, it's going to be a winner-take-all triple threat tag team titles match. Ring of Honor tag champs, FTR uh, versus IWGP tag team champions, United Empire, Jeff Cobb, and Great O'Conn versus Rapungi Vice of Trent Beretta and uh, Rocky Romero. That's that's a lot. Fatal four-way for the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship, Miro versus Pac versus Tomohiro Ishii versus Malachi Black. Huh? I just want to throw it out there. Miro wins, and he sacrifices the title to his god. And we never see the title again. Possibly. That would be amazing. Give it to Malachi. That'd be something different. Or man, not give it to Pac. Let's give it to Pac. Why not? And then he destroys the All Atlantic title and we never see it again. That's all I care about. Damn. Wow. Can we give it to Ishii? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Ishii guys in the business, Mike. Love, love me some Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Jay White defends against Adam Page, Kazuchika Okada, and Adam Cole in a fatal four way. I don't think that's ever happened for the championship before. I know they did a triple threat with, with Kenny, Cody, and uh, Ibushi. Um, I think it was King of Pro Wrestling uh, a few years back or whatever. And then for the interim AEW championship, John Moxley, Hiroshi Tanahashi, winner faces uh, injured AEW champion CM Punk at a later date to unify the championships. That's your forbidden door card. Forgot this was this weekend. I'm, I'm going to tap in. I'm going to see what's up. I assume Brandon, we're doing a recap of it. Uh, I mean, you know, we don't Sunday have to night? if you don't want to. It is this Sunday night. Um, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do one. We'll, we'll, do we'll one. see what happens. We'll see. Uh, may, maybe Los Padres actually gets a win and we celebrate all night. Yes, yes, yes. And then you know we celebrate uh, Monday night at the at, at the training academy. Hmm. Hmm. Um. I mean, uh, Forbidden Door. It's like an okay card. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm still going to watch it. And it should be like some good matches on there, but I think they're playing. I think they're playing the long game with this. It's the first night, the first show. They're gonna, you know, the intrigue of just it instantly sold out. But I think they're gonna want to do more of these. And with the injuries to Punk and Danielson, did throw them for a loop. And um, they, you know, they they don't want to blow their load on the first show. So I think they're this is gonna be a yearly thing, and we'll see what the the buys are because I would assume this is not gonna do that well um probably like half of what normal pay-per-views do so maybe like okay. 70 60 000. Yeah. i will say orange or the orange cast will osprey match should be really fun but will osprey is just another guy in aw right now and i know he has his history and all these other things but the man is so talented what history? And if, 
Oh yeah, I mean the 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 pe- he the people don't be liking Will Osprey that much. If you want to if you want to see Will Osprey uh, do some really I guess heel ish, go watch uh, on West Coast Pro's YouTube channel him versus Titus Alexander. His entrance in the match where you just shoulder check this lady was I was like oh my god that was he priceless. had an absolute banger with uh, Nick Wayne this past weekend. Yes, sure. Nick Wayne is fantastic. I love that kid, man. So, I mean, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Forbidden Door? Are you tuning in? You're going to wait to read the reviews to watch it? Uh, I mean, I hope I, – yeah, I will I will watch it. Uh, definitely, as you guys mentioned, the Orange – I mean, Orange Cassidy, Will Ospreay is going to be by far the most interesting match for me, just personally as a fan. Um, but I, I think that uh, overall – I mean – I've never been a fan when you bring a lot of guys together in tag matches uh, on these types of shows. That's why I'm probably most intrigued by the Osprey match. Um, but I mean, obviously, I mean, these are all going to be great matches. I mean, from a, from a talent level, it's just the interest level for me just isn't there on the, on that, from that aspect. Does that make sense? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're kind of doing the New Japan thing where they have the tag team matches and there's kind of that one odd person out that you can clearly see is there to, to take the fall. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, that, you know, that was that, like when they when when New Japan came and did the show and I think it was San Jose last year, it was like it was it was that type of a show in the sense of like it was not a title match on the show. It was all like may, maybe there was one, but it was mostly tag matches. And it was like, you know, like you said, unorthodox tag matches it was like four versus four five versus five and and it's just i mean i, I like to see guys kind of go at it especially in the maybe a tag match or two but i like the one-on-one or i am i am excited for that women's match i know they probably just threw it on there so they can say look we have women on the show it's on an all-man card but i mean they probably rushed into this because i think tony storm should have been saved for a later date but her and thunder rosa should given the time should have an absolute you know fantastic match Yes. Yeah, I mean, let's 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 see, man. We do superstar spotlight. Uh, when we uh when we talk about the um, I guess when we do our review. Uh, lastly, I want to. Jesus, I'm getting all the I'm getting all these uh text messages. I want to talk <laughs> uh the NorCal Cal Ripken uh eight U. Cal what? Cal Ripken. That's what I said. Okay, good. Put some respect on on the goat's name. Yes, absolutely. Uh, state baseball tournament. It's happening this weekend. Uh, I'm going to be doing some announcing. I don't just do wrestling commentary, guys. I'm, I'm a regular Tony Schiavone, you know. Uh, it's going to be at Mount Eden Park if you live in the Bay Area, especially Hayward, you know where that's at. Stop by, come support the uh, come support the kitties and what and what and whatnot. Uh, and before we get out of here, I want to mention Stockton Con. Mike, we're going to have you back uh, when it's closer to the date to really go over this. But sir, you have outdone yourself. <laughs> um, I'm going. I'm going to read off. Of, I'm going to read off a few names. Uh, Ron Perlman, who was in Sons of Anarchy and most famously pay, played Hellboy. We have Karen Parsons, who was in uh, Major Pain, which is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> obviously, she played Hillary Banks in uh, the sitcom Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, who el- Who else do we have here? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Maria uh, I, 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 Barrera, she was she was in uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. She played Sunset on Proud Family, huge Proud Family guy, one of the biggest Proud Family guys in the business. And as far as the wrestling goes, WWE Hall of Famer JBL, multiple-time women's world champion Mickey James, and Johnny Takeover, Johnny Gargano. Come on, man. And so <laughs> many more. Napoleon Dynamite's going to be there. This is 
this is a hell of a lineup. And West Ghost Design is going to be there. West Ghost this Design, shout out West Ghost, one of the, the, the best belt maker in the biz today. Mike, come this on. is our 10th anniversary. So obviously, you know, we wanted to we wanted to take it to another level. We work with some great um, you know, companies that uh that represent eight, uh, you know, the agents that represent some of the celebrities and you know, a real big shout out to Celeb Works and Primetime Appearances and and my girl Shayla. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of folks that help make these things happen. Um uh Jordan Nash and helped uh, bring in Johnny Gargano. So, like, you know, we, I work with a lot of great people and that's what makes these events bring in the, the amount, the types of people that we're able to bring in. And then of course the fans are amazing and support us. And I, I just, you know, I, I'm blown away just by the, like what we're able to do, you know, like, and, um, you know, for you to hear you say that and, and you know, to, to say great things about StockingCon is, is great for me to hear. And we, um, you know, we just try to do the best we can for, for the fans. And this is our 10th year doing it. We started in 2012 and, you know, and obviously we, you know, we didn't have an event in 2020 and we came back last year and hopefully. Now you, you know, guys gonna, did the winter one in 2020, right? In 2020 we did. And then, and we did not do the summer one. Yeah. And then uh, we were, you know, we came back last year and, and so, you know, hopefully we're going to be able to, to have a good turnout and a, and a, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of great guests and a lot of great artist guests, Art, Art Adams, uh, Tony Fleece, who does uh, this great comic called Stray Dogs and, uh, you know, Dan Brereton, a lot of other great artists, um, uh, James O'Barr, who did the, uh, originally did the Crow. Uh, Tim Bradstreet from from The Punisher. I mean, there's, I mean, we got some amazing guests coming. Man, guys, if you've never been to a Stockton Con or even a Lodi Con, make sure you go out there, man. Uh, Brandon, do you you've you've been to a couple Stockton Cons now? What are, what are your what are your overall takeaways? I mean, they're amazing. Um, I've only been to like one other kind of Comic Con type thing, so I mean, I'm not really familiar with it. But then you know, we've been to a few uh, Stockton Cons, and they've really blown me away. You know, it's at the Stockton Arena. It's a it's a great venue and you can whatever you want to do there's so many interests you you know comics wrestling some sports things as well artists and all the all the other good fun stuff yes sir if you mike if you need a panelist host i'm your man <laughs> i'm your guy <laughs> man no but thank you so much man I, I say it every time you come on and i i sing your praises you've you've helped out the bc in ways that we couldn't even imagine people are, have uh, taken us seriously because of some of the guests that we've had on this show and you you've been and you've helped us get them man so thank you very much Oh, you get, you got it, man. I appreciate your guys' help and, uh, you know, and, and your support has been great over the years and, you know, we'll just keep on, we'll just keep on doing what we do. Just keep on keeping on. That's going to do it for the BC episode 281. Uh, thank you guys so much, Brandon and I, and whoever we don't know, we'll be back next week to recap the week that was in pro wrestling. We're doing a forbidden door recap on Sunday night. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe. Diamonds are forever. And so is the microphone Messiah. Every opinion now comes from the heart. No time we move with a part. We on the radio was wrestling. Time's aggression. It was the feeling. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.